0: Hello, I'm Gene Harmon and you're listening to the Inheriting Heritage Podcast. In this episode, I'm going to talk about the others. In this context, the others refers to a group of people other than yourself, a group of people who have been labeled and, and stereotyped by opinions and beliefs based on, say prejudices of race, religion, color, social standing, or any other dividing factor. Merriam-Webster defines others as to treat or consider a person or a group of people as alien to oneself or to one's group because of different racial, sexual, or cultural characteristics. It also defines the others as a person or thing that is different or distinct from one already mentioned or known about. It's also defined as to view or treat a person or group of people as intrinsically different and alien to oneself. Merriam-Webster also defines othering as act of grouping people into groups as the others. Now Prejudice is defined as a preconceived judgment, uh, adverse opinion, or leaning formed without just grounds or before sufficient knowledge. Prejudice is also a rational attitude of hostility directed against an individual, a group, a race, or their supposed characteristics. It's also a preconceived opinion that is not based on reason or actual experience. It's also defined as bias, simply put, and also a feeling towards a person based on their perceived group membership, often used to refer to a preconceived Usually unfavorable evaluation or classification of another person based on the person's perceived personal characteristics. uh, Quite a few. I'm going to give quite a few examples of this. It should be or could be political affiliation, uh, sex, gender, uh, gender identity, uh, belief, values, social class, age, uh, maybe physical or mental disabilities, uh, religion, sexuality race ethnicity language nationality culture complexion beauty or, or lack of a height a body weight occupation wealth education criminality music tastes or any other perceived characteristics and quite often all of these different ones that I named are mixed in together they the group will have several of these characteristics now the, the dictionary defines racism as a belief that race is a fundamental determinant of human traits and capacities and that racial differences produce an inherent superiority of a particular race now I include those those two definitions of prejudice and race because of this prejudice and racism are byproducts of the other's mentality in creating groups uh, of the others, it embodies a physical definition of prejudice. In turn, this prejudice leads to and often increases racist beliefs, uh, the uh, hatred of another person or group because of who they are. Um, and sadly, this can result in genocide, which we've seen throughout history. So the others are it's the groups we refer to as the others or or place in these other groups the basis is created from ingrained beliefs these beliefs are considered normal by those people that hold them uh, there are different extremes from uh, mild to psychotic behavior and it's not always drawn along clear defining lines uh, So examples of uh, the others and in, in results I guess some of the more well-known ones you you may recognize in our history is the colonist treatment of indigenous societies in america uh, the enslavement of africans armenia the armenian uh, genocide uh, serbia yugoslavia uh, the rape of nanking uh, bataan the holocaust uh, rwanda uh, laos and cambodia the uh, like one of the options to include with the others would be your religion. And you see in Northern Ireland, there's been a Protestant versus, versus Catholic uh, clash for decades, even centuries. Uh, Chechnya, uh, Sunnis and Shiites in Muslim societies uh, have strong disagreements and quite often leads to a violent results. the caste system in India, uh, social differences around the world, no matter what culture or, or country you really look at, they're there. Um, and also what happened and and is happening in POW camps. These are only a few examples. Sadly, the list and the examples are almost endless looking out throughout history. It's something that we tend, unfortunately, to to repeat. The, The divisions in the societies or cultures which lead to classification as a group of people as the others are often kept in mind by vocal proponents of one side or another you'll hear them uh being very vocal about why this particular group is bad why that should not be liked why they why they should stop what they're doing um uh, all those opposed uh coloni- who opposed colonization in the americas uh, were labeled as savages uh, the tribes that uh, you fought against the english and fought against the french and, uh, and then the americans uh, while those, and there was a big big divide, some fought against and quite a lot uh, fought with, and they also changed alliances. You know, as long as they were fighting with the Europeans, they were actually listed by tribal name in, in records, historical records. But as allegiance has changed some of the terminology. So if you've got a, a tribal nation that's fighting with the English, well, they're listed by, by their actual tribal affiliation. If they switch sides and go to the French, now they're referred to as savages. Kind of funny how that goes. Uh, Enslaved Africans were considered inferior because of the skin color, a basis for racism which still exists today. That skin color could define social standing and existence. This belief became so ingrained in the culture and economy, there was no vision of life without its existence. That's why the thought of abolition or the uh, uh the newspapers are putting things out about the time people started getting a conscience about slavery. And yes, it happened way before the years before our Civil War, but it was not a common thought process. It had been there so long, everybody thought it was normal. Right? No, but it you know, we know that now, but at the time it was considered normal. They could not see Uh, an economic success without its existence because it supported everything in the economy. Now, the Jewish experience of the Holocaust is one of the greatest examples of the others. An entire religious group was targeted, purely driven by the belief that the Jewish people were the cause of the ills of an entire country or the entire continent. The end result of World War I, uh, the massive recession, which really crippled Germany, it kind of set the stage for the Nazi party. A lot of people were losing money uh, financially, and a lot of the financial businessmen uh, were Jews. They were blamed for this recession, when actually it had you know, far more reaching impacts and effects and, and grounds for it to happen than just the confines of, of Germany itself. But the blame of the recession was laid partly in a great way on the Jewish uh, people. Not to say anti-Semitism did not exist elsewhere though, because it did, around the world, and it still does today. But as an example, in that particular time, uh, in Atlanta, in Atlanta, Georgia, there was a Jewish man named Leo Frank. He was convicted and lynched for the killing of a 13-year-old factory worker named Mary Fagan. He was targeted and lynched even though it was believed that the janitor of the factory was the actual killer. This was a black man. So a Jewish man was railroaded to a guilty verdict and and hung by a lynch mob instead of a suspected black man. Now this, let me remind you again, this was in the Jim Crow South. That says a lot about where anti-Semitism was in America at the time that Germany was going through its recession. But it's the scale of the Holocaust, which still boggles a logical mind. How could someone, much less an entire group of people, find it within themselves to kill millions of innocent men, women and children? Religion is something very powerful in human culture, in our nature, uh, in our beliefs. But it's always caused conflict as extremists on any side have pushed for the elimination of other religions or for no religion at all the crusades are known for causing thousands of christian and muslim deaths but they also resulted in the death of members of any other religion encountered on the way more so by supposed christian hands than any other the crusades were also what planted the seeds for the modern day conflict between the West and the Middle East? Religion is also a dividing factor, as I mentioned earlier, in Northern Ireland between the Protestants and Catholics, in the Middle East between Sunnis and Shiites, and even here, or in wherever there's Christian denomin- denominations are, there's conflict and and discourse between between those as well. There, there's disagreements sometimes it leads to more vocal things there, there are some that are called extremists there are some that really don't embody christian values or religious values at all but they call themselves a religion the caste system in india it's existed for centuries um it keeps specific lines uh, between e- each groups of the society the uh, easiest way to picture that is as a ladder with rungs symbolic of where a specific caste remains in the social ladder Moving it up or down this ladder was decided when the person entered the next life. That's how they moved up or down, up or down the ladder. And depending on where it is, social advancement is hindered or encouraged by a specific society. In many cases, it is possible to move up the ladder. In others, though being told advancement was possible, it was actually deterred by those on higher rungs such as in the antebellum South. A quick example of what I mean by that is you got enslaved Africans uh, that are the backbone of the cotton economy, backbone of the country's economy. You have a small group of large landowners and slaveholders. They filled the Southern ranks during the Civil War by saying that the Northern troops, uh, evil troops, were coming down to to take away their way of life. What is this way of life? it's slavery and the economy built on slavery but what they promised and how they filled those ranks was they said if you if you continue to work hard if you fight for this uh for this way of life and you work hard you can become one of us you can have these big houses too you can have all this land so they were fighting for and looking at the possibility of becoming more than just a small dirt farmer more than just a factory worker more than Low guy on the totem pole. Now, did those large slaveholders, and landholders, really want everybody to have that chance to advance? No. Because it would be too much competition for them. The prices of cotton would be affected. Here goes anything. You have more businesses in, in the uh, in a, a certain type of a certain field, uh, there's more, there's more conflict, there's more competition. And you don't make as much. So that's kind of a way to look at the antebellum South and the way the rich landowners, as has been put several times, the rich men start the wars and the the poorer or average or, or below, those are the men that actually fight the wars. And who gets who gets an advantage from it? Who gets anything out of it? It's still the rich guys. Now, it's really hard to think about interpreting uh, the others it's a tough subject subject, which it, it, it encompasses more than a cut-and-dry conversation <clears throat> It can sometimes ruffle feathers. It can make people uncomfortable uh, However, it's necessary to provoke people to think outside of the box get them outside their comfort zone while this may sound detrimental to a remember memorable exchange or a memorable experience it actually enhances it. In some cases, it's uh, essential to look into the past without our modern norms and taboos. In others, we must look within ourselves and our modern societies to really see what happens with the others, to put ourselves under the microscope and question. No matter the era or the, or the site, there will be a connection to the others a connection guests can identify with by opening their eyes to see how easily it occurs. Try this. Get them to look around at other guests and think about the first thing which comes to mind with each person that they look at without even realizing it. I'm not asking you for them for them to tell you what they're thinking. They can keep it to themselves, but without even realizing it, their first thoughts, those first impressions are step one of seeing that other person as one of the others. It is a result of stereotypes we all have. Once you get them to question how they view other people, it makes it easier for them to understand how the others are created. Now, you've probably been listening to a lot of this and thinking of some of the examples, which again are just a few examples of occurrences like this around the world that have had very tragic uh, uh Outcomes. But you're listening to this and thinking, you could never do this to anyone. Never again, right? Think about it though. Aren't we all guilty of the potential? Um, Have you ever been so mad or aggravated with someone that you wish they would just go away, just disappear? I'm referring to those people who you just cannot get along with and whose mere existence drives you up a wall. You just want them to go away. You believe in many cases that they're out to get you. You don't care where they go, as long as they just go. As a you know saying uh, is even even in a couple of songs, you know, don't go away mad, just go away. Well, what if suddenly they disappear or are taken away? Do you care now? Do you wonder where they have gone, or do you relax and assume your supposed supposed problem is gone? Just be careful what you wish for. Ensure nobody becomes one of the others. Change viewpoints to remove the diet dividing walls which separate groups and and to label them. We're all in this together. And the other label, calling the, the quotes the others, that label could easily be applied to you and your family just for who you are. Make sure never again starts with all of us you see because there's this is the scary part there is a dark side of human nature that exists within each of us a dark side which is unleashed when there is no longer a limit on what you can inflict on another human being Inheriting Heritage provides interpretive consulting, interpretive training, and heritage interpretive programs. The programs are done in more of an interactive style instead of straight dissemination of information. Consulting ranges from fine-tuning existing programs to development of new ones. It is not era or subject specific, but geared toward the process of interpretation and how it can best be utilized at your site to engage guests. Interpretive training is based on Freeman Tilden's founding principles of interpretation and styled after the methods of the National Association for Interpretation. I have also been approached by members of the sales and marketing fields who are interested in adapting my training to improve the effectiveness of their respective staff. Qualified as a Certified Interpretive Guide with the National Association for Interpretation, Inheriting Heritage LLC has developed and implemented interpretive programs at state parks national parks historic sites and museums before i go i would like to send a huge shout out and thank you to my wife amy she has been a constant source of encouragement pushing me to chase my dreams and provided invaluable input this podcast and my interpretive endeavors would not be possible without her support thank you for listening and i hope you will listen next time to the inheriting heritage podcast this podcast was written and produced by me, Gene Harmon, manager of Inheriting Heritage, LLC. The music playing in the background is Wild Dew by Audio Result. The opening and closing music is Cantina Rag by Jackson F. Smith. If you have any questions or want to know more, please visit my website at inheritingheritage.com. Whether it is the natural world, our cultural world, or our historic past, it is a heritage which belongs to all of us, a heritage we have inherited together.